0: Welcome to episode 15 of Learning with Young Leaders. We release a new episode every Wednesday to learn from young leaders who share their stories and experiences for you to bring your life to the next level. Listen in to hear how many of these guests discover their passion and drive in life that allows them to do well at what they love best. In this episode, we have Felix, founder of Skilio, an ad tech startup that measures and tracks soft skill development and use. Felix talks about the importance of soft skills, how you can develop your soft skills, some useful habits that he employs, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and support us by sharing this with whoever would benefit from it. If you wish to connect with like-minded individuals, do join our LinkedIn group as well. Now, let's learn more about soft skills development from Felix. Hi Felix, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on as a
1: guest. Hi Marcus, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, excited to you know uh, speak with you today.
0: Yeah, I mean, Scaleo has a very interesting concept, and I think like soft skills, right? Is something a lot of people are increasingly interested about, especially like employers and even us, right? So, uh, really interested to learn about the whole concept behind how you started a company. But perhaps you could start off by giving us a background on yourself and how you got started on the whole entrepreneurship
1: path. Yeah, so hi everyone. I'm Felix. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Scilio. I'm 23 this year, so I'm actually still um, an undergrad at NUS. Yeah, so I actually started um, Skileo when I was in my um, first year in university. What sort of led me to start studio you know, is really before that when I was in JC, I was actually started to do youth coaching and mentoring for like students that are younger than me. So I spent about six years in this space, and um, what I realized is that you know I can, the can the the you know MOE and the education system teaches us very well in terms of preparing us for the hard skills, right? You know, getting good grades and things like that. Um, but what, what I feel the missing portion of it and the gap is the the fact about soft skills development, especially if we are going to talk about, you know, the future where, you know, technology can easily just automate and displace hard skills, right? Um, what really keeps us, right, um, in the workforce is our human capital advantage, right, which is the soft skills, right? Are we able to interact with somebody? How do we communicate with someone? And when we look into the education space, this is something that is really lacking, right? Um, there was no um, ways or, or intentional ways. Done to actually help students to develop these aspects, and uh, that is why actually I decided to you know um, start You and you know really with the mission of trying to create alternative narratives of success, right? So that we are not just focused on you know academic success, right, but also look at holistic development of an individual, right? And how does that actually place in to help somebody reach from point A to point B without just looking at the, the letter grade on your report card?
0: Yeah, I really like that. I mean. A lot of times people always tell us that that our success is sort of tied to like how well we do academically, right? And I think especially in recent years, I think the narrative has sort of pivoted towards the more holistic development. So it's definitely an interesting direction. But were you always like entrepreneurial since young or were you always like interested to start your own thing?
1: Well, I would say that I actually stumbled upon this, right? So um, actually, uh, to be frank, right, when I was in secondary school, I always wanted to, you know, join the government service, right? I always wanted, I was I had this um, grand vision, right, of being an MP, right? Because I think in SEC 2, if I'm not wrong, I actually um, read a book um, written by Barack Obama, right? And that book actually, you know, um, led me to think about, you know, maybe I should, you know, go to the public service, right, and contribute to the, to the community and society through that, uh, route and um, when I actually look at that uh, that has been always been my my go-to right ever since uh, even in um, when I was uh, 17 or 18 right one sort of change was actually when when sort of I was actually doing an internship stint uh, with a local secondary school and um, and I realized that it's very hard to change the system from within. right and at that point in time I was also doing some form of um, training and coaching with um, reactor school so with uh, we Deliver entrepreneurship programs to students and helping them to be more entrepreneurial, right? And at that point in time, I sort of, you know, um, discovered that perhaps you know the best way to change uh, a legacy system, right, is to really do it from outside, right? Finding an alternative avenue to try to evoke change, uh, such that you know I don't have to go through the, the multiple layers of you know bureaucracy or red tape. So that was actually the pivot or the, the pivoting moment. Um, that sort of, you know, allow me to realize that actually entrepreneurship could be a positive avenue, right,
0: to create change. Okay, so, how do you actually teach people to be more entrepreneurial? You know, like, people (laughs) usually think it's like a bond trade or or certain things like that, right? So, how do you actually imbue that sort of thinking in
1: people? Yeah. So, I think... um, like being entrepreneurial is like many other soft skills that we talk about as well. You know, how do you be a good leader? How do you communicate effectively, right? In essence, all of this, right, are actually a set of behaviors, right? For example, if I were to say, how do we communicate effectively, right? It is very much simply a set of behaviors. For example, you know, maintaining eye contact. For example, you know, listening actively to your, you know, whoever is speaking to you before retiring, right? So all of these are a set of behaviors. Likewise with being entrepreneurial, right? So it could be, for example, being open-minded, right? To, to you know, uh, feedbacks from your users, right? So all of these are key sets of behaviors that we can actually imbue into um, students, right? Into uh, allowing them to understand that, that mindset of thinking, right? How do, you, how do you become more entrepreneurial, right? Maybe number one, you want to be able to be observant right, about the problems around you. So that gives you an opportunity to actually come in to solve that problem. Right. And maybe by solving that problem, you want to come up with ways, innovative ways to actually, you know, come off your enterprise or come up with an organization to help solve that problem. And thereafter, then you teach them about, you know, how do you actually make a business out of it and things like that. So being entrepreneurial, right, is actually, in my own opinion, it's actually a set of behaviors. And if we can allow this individual or the students themselves to be firstly aware that this skill can be trained. Right, it's not something that you know you are just innately born with, right? That helps to shift the mindset to oh, okay. So how do I start training this um, thinking or this mindset, right? And then you know, in building those behaviors and practicing it over time and time until it becomes a habit to you, and that is, I guess, my formula or what we have been you know the pedagogy that we have been applying at STEAM as well in terms of helping um, students um, develop um, soft skills and entrepreneurial thinking being one of them, right?
0: Cool. So, I'm, I'm really interested to learn more about what you all do at Scalio. So, perhaps you could dive a bit more into that.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, Scalio is actually an AI platform. We help students um, to track and measure soft skills development across the many different activities that they do. So, uh, we believe in an experiential form of learning, right? In, especially in terms of soft skills, right? You can't really learn soft skills on, in theory or through books and, and uh, courses. You can, right? But that's only the first step. Right. But what, what really allow you to really master soft skills is really through constant practice and putting it in context where you have to apply them, right? And what we then do is basically we look at the school curriculum and school programs. There are many instances whereby, you know, students have to interact with one another. This could be at work, this could be when they're volunteering or they're starting their own enterprise, you know. And um, when they actually interact with one another in a group-based setting, right, there is a lot of soft skills interaction involved. And what we then do is to use um, self-reflection as well as 360 feedback from your peers, from your mentors, as a way to collate, you know, uh, opinions about you, right? And from those reflections and feedback, right, we actually run it through an AI algorithm to pick up soft skills, characteristics from what you reflected about and the feedback that's given to you, right? Thereafter, we actually sort of like visualize it into a dashboard to help you understand, you know, okay, in terms of leadership, how have you performed, right, in terms of um, teamwork, so on and so. Right. Then we also basically highlight to you where are your areas of strength, where are your areas of blind spots that you can actually continue to work with on. and that is just for one project. So if, if a student in university were to go through many different projects, uh, so on and so forth, at the end of four years, we actually have a portfolio that tracks their growth across all of these different projects that they do. And it, the hope and the vision is that this portfolio can be something that they attach, then attach to their resume or CV to show employers... Mm the holistic aspect of their development and not just things that they do in the classroom.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Just curious, so do y'all actually like apply on your own team as well?
1: Yeah, we do, we do. So um, we we actually, every week during our weekly meeting, we actually do reflections. Um, Maybe not through the platform, but actually we verbalize it, right? We get uh, each other to give feedback to one another to actually improve because at the end of the day, right we don't know if you don't know what you don't know right you will never be able to improve them right so this you only know what you you don't know by actually getting feedback from others right by you know asking mentors for things that hey hey do, do you know do you realize that you know you actually speak for example right so that that it becomes i become aware about it right and then i can take some actionable steps to work on it right so i think we, we do apply them in the company because you know i mean we, we had to practice what we preach right so yeah. <laughs> we actually did get a culture of the company as well.
0: Okay, so how um, do you like pick up the knowledge with regards to development of these soft skills, right? So do you Mm. like study psychology? Do you study like, uh, what kind of topics do you pick up in order to build like the whole system
1: around it? Right, so I think for me, from a very young age, I have been very um, interested in personal development books. So I used to read up a lot of books you know, on, on leadership, teamwork. And what I realized is that, you know, a lot of these books teach you very good theories, right? they give you a lot of actionable steps that you can improve certain aspects of your leadership or teamwork, per se. Right? But what's happened next is actually, you know, do you implement it, right? Do you take action to consistently practice it in a setting uh, of your choice, right? Um, that sort of gave me the, the general concept that, you know, at the end of the day, soft skills is about practice. Soft skills is about, You know, looking for context where you can practice and apply it, right? And that was the general concept, you know, when I started skill, I I had then to bring my uh, co-founder on to the team. She's doing psychology. And and then we actually basically from there try to mimic a person's behavior, right? In terms of trying to, you know, build a new habit, right? Or, Or learn a new skill. Right. And then we were thinking about how can we then you know translate that onto a technology enabled platform to allow such a thing to happen within their daily context. So as I do my project as a student, right, all I need to do is just spend some time to reflect about what I've done, right, how I have interacted with others and get some feedback from my peers. Right. In that in that setting, then it allows us to actually then, you know, be able to use technology to help them to um, understand where the areas of are strength, where are the areas of blind spots. So I would say that um, uh, I was lucky to be exposed to such a topic when I was young. And that sort of, I guess, gives me a lingering uh, notion that, you know, something can be done about this, right? And I guess when I was in, uh, when I was in year one in uni, something struck, <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, I you know, uh, managed to put the puzzles together and, and, and decided to start skilling. Okay,
0: so I think a lot of people will be very interested to know like what are some of these like tips or tricks that you employ even <laughs> on yourself on like a daily basis or the habits that you do.
1: Yeah, at least for me, I, one of the habits that I do frequently and consistently is actually to reflect at the end of every week. So um, interestingly enough, I actually have a journal that I write about my week and I actually rate it out of 10 every week. So, you know, um, when I look back and actually plotted it against like a, a graph or an Excel, right, I could see the, the, you know, where are the picks and troughs in terms of my uh, week and things like that. Uh, I think that helped me to really uh, become more self-aware. I think um, in any form of development, right, uh, personal development or, or so on, it's really about being aware, right? If you're not aware of, you know, uh, what you have done and what have you not done, right, very often you're not able to decide on what's the next actionable step to move forward in life. I think a lot of us we cruise along life um, without knowing where the direction we are supposed to, head, to be headed for. Right. But in, in order to even set a direction, you need to take stock of where you are. Right. And if you don't know where you are, you are there's no way to chart a path where you want to go. Right. And that is why I think um, for me, you know, having that you know um, 10, 20 minutes at the end of every week on a Sunday night to really just sit down and really look back at what happened, you know, in the week, that has been something that has been, you know, keep me going and, and allowed me to understand you know, that there is just so much more that I can do to improve myself as well.
0: Okay, that's, that's interesting. Maybe I should try that for myself and see how that works.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but, at, the, at the start when I did it, right, it was actually quite hard because, you know, it's a lot of discipline involved as well. Mm. So, uh, so after a while, I think it becomes a habit. And, and I think that in, its, in, in essence, that is basically soft skills development, right? At the start, it will be hard. You know, you you will not, you'll not forget about it. Right. But then as you really, you know, um, just bite your teeth and carry on doing it, that becomes something that, you know, it's a natural thing to you.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So having started this at like a very young age, right, and you're still balancing between school and, and your your startup, how has things been like balancing on both ends?
1: <laughs> I, I would say that there isn't any balance at all. <laughs> so it's really, really, you know, just trying to get by every, every day. For me, right, I I'm pretty really lucky because like, I'm doing arts and social science right in NUS. So that in itself, the timetable is still relatively um, relaxed compared to say maybe like engineering or medicine, right? But I think for me, how I've been trying to juggle both is actually you know to squeeze my um, um to squeeze my all my modules onto a, a, a few days. So I have days where, my classes start at eight and then at eight pm. Back to back. Right, and then I had the, the leftover days of the week to work on the business, right? And um, I think really at the end of the day, you don't start a business if you're not passionate about it, because <laughs> you you uh, you'll find yourself you know um, you know becoming I mean, very stressed out and, and um, you find yourself meeting a lot of challenges and and you don't feel like going moving on, right? So I think for me, it's really I found this passion in education, and I wanted to carry on and fight on with it, even though it's hard and things like that.
0: Okay, so what what have been some of the highlights and like the not not so nice parts about the whole journey so far?
1: Right. So I think when we started, right, the not so nice part was that you know we were very inexperienced. So um, we actually uh, we actually went on to start building our first prototype, which is like a mobile application, without actually consulting a lot of our users. Right. Um, At the point in time, we were actually working with like um, MOE schools, right. And uh, what we realized is that you know, um, they don't allow their students to use their phone in class. So technically, if I were to sell this solution right, to a school, they're not even able to use it because we are, our product is actually on a mobile, a mobile app, right? And, and they are not even allowed to use it in the class time, right? So that was like the number one biggest mistake that, uh, uh, that we, we, we went through as a team because we realized that you know, we need to always be talking to our users. Right? We always need to understand the needs of our users. And uh, when we look at, back at that, it was a painful lesson, right? Because we spent close to, I think, three months building that mobile app, right? And it was almost we are almost done already. <laughs> and uh, when we actually then you know bring it down, bring the solution down to our, our clients, uh, they were like, saying, that, hey, you know, you know, we are not, we don't allow students to use their phones during class time, right? And I was like, oh no, you know, like we, all this effort, you know, had to go into waste, you know, and we had to then pivot, right? And then we, that's why today we actually build a web app. And we we actually be very intentional about being a responsive web app so that they can also run it on their mobile phones and their iPads. So I think that was the very first big folly that we had when we started off our journey. And uh, I think that lesson that we learned from that, you know, continues to stick with us till today. And I guess the highlight came after that, right? So after we made a mistake, right? And we actually decided not to build the product first. We decided to come come up with an MVP, a very scrappy MVP. We actually, our first MVP was actually built on like Google Sheets and you know uh, we use like Coda as a, as a way to do it, uh, the front end and the AI basically is us you know, at the back end rating all their reflections and uh, assigning points to it. And the method of our NDP actually got us our first paying client. Right? And we were like, wow, you know, we just a scrappy thing that we put together that cost us $0. We were able to close a deal with a uh, different training company. So that in itself was the highlight, right? To know that, oh, finally, we are on the right path after making such a huge mistake, right, and actually let us continue to, you know, talk to our users, continue to improve before we even um, start coding anything at all.
0: Okay, so how have y'all been coping with the, like, an experience, right, naturally that will come as, as y'all start to scale? So how have y'all been dealing with
1: that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, no man's an island, right? So really, I think, um, especially for young founders like ourselves, a few things that disadvantage us, right? Uh, credibility, right? We don't have the credibility. You know, when we speak to clients, they would be like, you know, who is this kid trying to talk to me, trying to sell me a solution, you know? And that, that's actually one disadvantage that we have. The other one is inexperience, like what you said, Marcus. And I think for us, the way that we actually deal with these two is actually, you know, in terms of credibility, we try to align, uh, align ourselves to mentors, right? And um, those that are especially established in those fields. So I think at least the one advantage that, that you know, founders, young founders like us have is that you know, like, um, more experienced mentors that are willing to give their time to actually sit down with you and you know, walk you through your idea and things like that. And that sort of you know uh, we leveraged on that and sort of got a lot of industry experts to actually um, be on our board of mentors. Right. And then when we present that front, it gives us the kind of credibility that, oh yeah, these kids are doing it seriously. <laughs> they're not just not just a project work that they're doing for their module, right? And uh, that's number one. Number two, about inexperience, I think um, a few ways that we look at it is really to uh, number one, to read widely. I think um, there is a lot of brilliant resources online about starting a startup, and um, they document the, the, the experiences that other founders have went through. And so that in itself helps us to build up that oh, okay, I see, I see that coming, I read that somewhere, so I think I'm not going to fall in that same pitfall again. And I think the other thing that we have done uh, to actually help us to solve that problem of inexperience uh, was actually to build a community, right? So we actually have, like, at least for myself, I actually have, you know, a community of other founders that are around the same age or some or somewhere a little bit earlier, earlier or move along the stages a, a little bit ahead of us, right? And so we are able to then. You know, listen to their stories, learn the mistakes that they have done, and so that we don't make the mistake again, right? And then that in in that sense shortcut our, you know, uh, um, our learning process and make sure that we don't make the mistakes that you know could be preventable. Or we if we if if only we just ask and understand what others have been through, yeah. So I think that in itself helps us to cope with this advantage of being a student founder and a young founder like ourselves.
0: Okay, so. Do you have any advice for people who are perhaps trying to start on their own journey of entrepreneurship or maybe trying to develop their own soft skills
1: and things like that? Yeah, so I think my, my, my message would be just three words, right? just do it, right? Um, I think if you would have heard this from many other uh, founders as well, right? Um, I think uh, rather than just sitting on an idea, sitting on your hands and not doing anything, right? Just take that first plunge and do it. Right, because especially, you know, um, being young, right, the time is on your side, right? Uh, your, you don't have a lot of liabilities on your hand, and this is the best time to actually explore. And so what if you fail, right? And, you know, what, what's there to lose? Um, especially if you're still studying, right, this is the best and optimum time. And um, you want to really uh, put yourself out there, learn a lot. And you know, um, even if you fail, at the end of the day, you know, you are still, still, still going through education and things like that. So you have nothing to lose. Right. In terms of personal development, I would say that, you know, um, the first step I feel is really about being aware, right? Start asking feedback from your peers or, you know, from people that you work with about how you think that, you know, uh, you can improve, right? I think really it's about being, humili- being humble, right? And really to ask for feedback, whether or not it's good or bad, right? I would always like to ask for bad feedback, right? You know, tell me something that I suck at. Right, and that is something that you know will help me to understand that. Oh, okay. If I ask ten people and nine people say that I suck at the same thing, it really means that I, I really suck at it, right? And I need to make sure I put something to, to go and, and work on it, right? And I think that is the the number one thing that I would say for especially for someone who's looking to develop some skills is really to be aware and start asking people for feedback, especially the bad one about how you can uh, improve on.
0: Okay, do you have anything else that you would like to add or? Give advice on.
1: Well, I would say that you know, you know, being young is an advantage, right? And it's never too early or too late. At, you know, at whatever stage of life you are, and really, you know, just believe in yourself and you know, take that plunge if you feel that you know that's the area and that's the passion that you are really into. Um, yeah, don't regret at the end. You know, 40, 50 years down the road, you know, ah, I should sure have done this. You know, when I was in my twenties, I think um, right now is the best time, and you know cherish it and, you know, just go, just do it.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'd like to end off with this last question, which is uh, what does success look like to you?
1: So success to me um, is really about the impact I can create for people around me. Right. It's not really so much about the money I can make, but it's really about how have I added value to others around me. And because for me really is, you know, if I can add value to one person, that person can continue to add value to another person, so you create the whole um, butterfly effect, and that's why to me education is something that is very close to my heart. And I know that if I can ensure that I do this piece well, I can really bring forth the impact that other those people that went through the system can also, um, you know, impact the people that around them. So I think for me, is um, success to me will look like to me is really about you know the impact I can create for others and really helping them to move from you know one point in life to the next higher level in life. And I think that's something that keeps me going and you know uh, wake wake me up in the in the middle of night to really think about and, and fight on for.
0: Awesome. I really like that. And yeah, I really look forward to Scilio continuing to do well. And it's been really nice speaking to you. Thank you for doing this interview.
1: And yeah, hope to speak to you, speak much, to you again. Thank you. Yeah. Hope to see you soon.
0: We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Learning with Young Leaders. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit zirconioriginal.com slash podcast for more resources based on today's topic. That's zirconioriginal.com slash podcast. Until next time, stay curious, keep learning.